Hello, welcome to this webinar on everything about your menstrual cycle, basically. Um, I have called this like the period training protocol because I think there's so many important strategies that you can implement around your menstrual cycle to make sure that you are getting the most out of your nutrition and your diet as well as your training and just generally thriving through every week of the month rather than just one or two of them because I'm sure we all know that feeling where one or two weeks of the month you literally feel on top of the world you feel incredible and then one or two other weeks of the month we just feel like we want to curl up under a blanket in a ball and die <laughs> maybe that's just me um so anyway this webinar as well i mean i've said exposing the truth this webinar is probably not going to be what you think and that is because there is so much misinformation being spread around social media about your menstrual cycle and about training around your menstrual cycle and nutrition around it in particular, that this might be a little bit controversial. Actually, I say that this isn't controversial because this is genuinely what the evidence is currently showing us. This is the truth behind what changes we potentially can or should make around our menstrual cycle and so actually the misinformation that's being being spread by a lot of big accounts at the moment on social media is technically the controversial stuff because what I'm telling you shouldn't be controversial because it's the truth <laughs> right <laughs> and it's actually like backed by evidence so I'm I'm not gonna dilly dally along because I know that you're a busy girl and I know that you've got stuff to do so I'm going to crack right into stuff. Now, you may have seen these things loads before and you may know about your hormones and menstrual cycle. So I'm not going to spend tons of time on this, but I do think it's important just to go over what actually happens in terms of your hormones and stuff across your menstrual cycle. And we're also going to get into obviously how that affects you and how it might affect your training and how you might want to change things a little bit. So I'm just going to start off with this very, very like simple, basic overview of stuff. So Across our menstrual cycle, now the average menstrual cycle is 28 days. Again, for some people that might be lower, for some might, or shorter, some might be slightly longer. I think like technically the quote unquote normal or healthy range is between kind of 25 to 32 or 35 days. Um, but again, we're gonna be basing things today off of the average 28 day cycle. So day one to seven of your cycle, generally speaking, is menstruation. Again, like at day zero or day one of your cycle, that is when your period starts. Again, periods like some people, they'll last three days. Some, they might last up to like 10 days. Again, depends on you, depends on your flow, depends on your hormones, all sorts of stuff going on. But again, we're sort of gonna be basing this off of averages, right? So the first week of your cycle during during menstruation, this is when our two key hormones that are involved in our menstrual cycle, which are estrogen and progesterone, these are both low at the start of our menstrual cycle. As we go into the follicular phase, which is that technically kind of the first half of your cycle is the follicular phase, and the second half of your cycle is the luteal phase. As we go into that follicular phase, we find that our estrogen begins to rise and it peaks right before ovulation, which is bang slap in the middle of your cycle and this is when our egg is released um, and this is obviously ovulation so estrogen begins to rise and peaks right before then and again 
in a second I'm going to dive into what this actually means but I think it's important just to get a little idea of what those hormones are up to over the course of the month. Um, so again, as um, our estrogen rises and peaks, our progesterone tends to stay low and it just kind of is starting to rise as we go into that second half of your cycle. So as you can see, Again, around day 14, we have a little bit of a decline in our estrogen levels as we head into the luteal phase. And then during that kind of second half of your cycle across that final two weeks, so from day 14 to day 28, again, thereabouts based on averages, um, our progesterone peaks and our estrogen, again, it has a little bit um, of a second peak, almost a second wave, so to speak. Um, but generally speaking, like it stays a little bit higher throughout the second half of your cycle. Um, and so again, this is very, very like, I'm just getting this across because it's kind of important to see those fluctuations in hormones and again this can explain why we experience fluctuations in symptoms fluctuations in mood fluctuations in hunger fluctuations in energy and so it's just important to kind of have that very very brief overview of these things like chances are you may have seen this graph before in some way shape or form um so this is just a very very quick overview for you there so going into again like hormones like what's the deal what does this actually mean <clears throat> and what does it mean for you for your diet and nutrition for your hunger for your training and energy levels all this fun stuff or maybe not so fun stuff depending on where you are in your cycle so our follicular phase which is the first 14 days roughly of our cycle that that first half in the lead up to ovulation we are estrogen dominant so as we can see Things are pretty low. Both hormones are fairly low at the start of your cycle as we um, menstruate. And then ovulation starts, uh, sorry, not ovulation starts to rise. <laughs> estrogen starts to rise and obviously it peaks right before ovulation. And when we're sort of more estrogen estrogen dominant and some of the things that estrogen does and can help with is not only does it reduce our hunger, but it can also increase our strength and actually Again, because we have that peak of estrogen right before ovulation, you may often find, or it's quite common, that people's strength is, um, it really, really increases and it's its highest right before ovulation. So sometimes, you know, you might find yourself hitting PBs like the week after your period or like a few days after you've ended your period and you just feel like a total superhuman and you feel incredible around this time of the month. Again, mood tends to be a little bit higher as well as we kind of get towards ovulation. Um, and we just generally, you know, you sometimes just have those those weeks or maybe those few days where you just feel incredible and you do kind of feel a little bit like superhuman and you feel great and you're like yes let's win the day win the week let's get in the gym I'm feeling motivated I'm feeling energized I'm feeling excited <clears throat> to go and lift heavy and smash all those pbs in the gym so that is kind of generally speaking through our estrogen dominant part of the cycle it can also aid muscle recovery so again, you might find yourself uh, able to do more in terms of activity and training in the gym and things like that because your uh, hormones and everything, they just allow your muscles to recover a little bit quicker between sessions. Whereas again, when we then move into the second half of your cycle, so as we move into that luteal phase, so this is post-ovulation, we become more progesterone dominant. And progesterone, again... 
This does vary from person to person, <laughs> but progesterone dominant, we can see in that second half of our cycle an increase in hunger. So progesterone does generally increase hunger. Um, it can potentially increase your BMR. So again, you may have heard people talking about online how you burn more calories during the second half of your cycle and in particular that last week of your cycle, <clears throat> excuse me, so sort of in the like PMS days, like leading up to your period. And again, this is like, there is truth behind this and there is evidence to uh, suggest this, but there is a very, very big variation from person to person. Generally speaking, it's between, um, I think it's like eight to 16% or something like that. But generally speaking, that relates to around one to 200 calories for most people. So it's not a majorly significant uh increase and things like that and actually a study has shown which is quite interesting that naturally when people kind of like they're not necessarily tracking food and things like that but when they are monitored and when they don't purposely increase their food it is actually seen that food intake does seem to naturally align with this increase and there was actually like an average increase by about 160 or so calories just naturally based on what people were eating based on their hunger levels and based on what was going on um, and that wasn't because they were being more active than not like it wasn't due to other changes and so they found that actually when they are in that later part of their cycle that increase in hunger and again potentially that increase in bmr which is our basal metabolic rate which is how many calories by the way your body is burning when it's doing nothing uh when it's just resting and chilling out how many calories we burn as well in, in case you're not familiar with that term and um, so <clears throat> that is yeah naturally we tend to see that increase in food intake anyway um and again when we look at this second half of the cycle people often experience low mood uh, perhaps your self-esteem can take a little bit of a hit we often see as well in those days leading up to your cycle body image tends to take a real hit as well so quite often you might notice that you just don't feel so great about yourself in that like week leading up to your period. And we do actually see that body image tends to be at its lowest and at its worst in those few days before your period. Um, and again, like working with women, I definitely see this. Like when I have weekly check-ins with clients, sometimes I can start to notice these trends. There's one client in particular that I had a conversation with last week about this because her check-in came in and she was just speaking quite negatively about herself and she's made some incredible progress over the past few months. And I've started to notice that there's always one week a month where she starts to just not talk so great about herself and her check-in is a little bit more negative and she starts to focus maybe on the... I don't know, the negatives, perhaps if the scale hasn't moved or perhaps if she's just not feeling so great in her body. And so I pointed this out to her and I said, look, I've started to notice this trend. And actually, it's always that week before your period, because again, in her check in, we do chat about things like uh, if your time of the month is due and bits like that. So again, um, she also mentioned in that check in that her period was due any day. And I sort of, I came back to her and she was, I think she was stressing a little bit over the scales because they hadn't gone down that one week. And I just said, look, We've seen this trend and again, we know that it's less common for you to lose weight as well, kind of potentially in that week before your period because again, increase in appetite and hunger and things like that. Again, if you're more tired, you're maybe moving a bit less and um, bloating and water retention, all those things can cause some changes um, on the scales. And again, she was really picking herself apart and really getting caught up on the fact that the scales hadn't gone down for that 
one week. And so again, these are trends that we often notice. And that's kind of when like body image can take a hit, um, as well as self esteem as well, and things like that. So perhaps at work, if you were to, I don't know, try and I don't know, go for a promotion or something, you're probably less likely to have the confidence to do that, or, or have the confidence to do a big talk in front of your company in that week and you're probably going to feel a bit more self-conscious about things in that week um and also during the second half of your cycle we do see an increase in body temperature as well and again this varies from person to person some people might not notice it at all others might like for example myself i always notice that the weekly like the final week of my cycle in that luteal phase in that last week i always have hot flushes um <laughs> during that week especially if i'm in the gym i do find that i have to take longer rest periods because i just get really hot and really sweaty and that's never a fun thing um and especially overnight like when i wake up first thing in the morning i'm always just really really warm uh first thing in the morning and i personally notice that a lot i know that some people don't so again you might notice that you might not um and again something that's really important to uh keep in mind again when you're looking at these things is with all of them there's such a large difference between everyone right we can say that on average or in theory based on the hormones and based on what they do or should be doing these are the common trends that we see and don't get me wrong these are the very common trends that we see but these are so different for everyone and that's something that I really really want to get across today in this um, webinar is that everybody is so different and so what happens for one person may not happen for the other and they might be two ends of the extremes as well um, so always always keep that in mind so the more important question, I suppose, what can you do about it? First things first, if you don't already, track your cycle. Learn about your trends. And again, I've put your in bold capital letters there because <clears throat> I can sit here and tell you and you can do all the reading and the research on what those common trends are, but they might not apply to you. And so it's really, really important that you get to know your body, you get to know your cycle, you get to know your most common trends. Um, and actually, I did like a little kind of survey type thing on my Instagram recently, like a poll. And then when kind of I was speaking to some of the uh, ladies off the back of it, and when I've kind of had conversations with clients and um, women in the past, some of the most common PMS symptoms that were reported kind of either just before or during your period and around your time of the month were tiredness, uh, low mood and like increased anxiety, increased irritability, some people getting very like short tempered with people, whether that's with your boss at work or with your partner or whoever it might be. Um, <clears throat> some people notice a real decrease in strength in the gym. Um, again, as I've already mentioned, decreased or lower self-esteem and body image, uh, obviously bloating and things like cramps, obviously. Um, I haven't actually put those there, but you know, I feel like we all kind of are aware a bit more of things like cramps, um, poor sleep as well. Sleep can take a little bit of hit and increased hunger and cravings, which I'm sure many of us can relate to. Um, but <clears throat> what I've put here as well is so important to know. And as I've sort of already mentioned, uh, it is like not everyone will experience these symptoms or even to the same severity. And so you might have one person who's on one end of the spectrum who maybe feels a little bit more tired and maybe feels a little bit bloated and gets a little bit of cramping, but it doesn't really affect their day-to-day -day life. Like they can still go about their general life and it doesn't really affect them. You might have people on the other end of the spectrum who 
feel so exhausted. They feel like they can better get out of bed in the morning. They have really, really bad brain fog and they can't focus or concentrate at work. They are really irritable and so they just can't stand being around people, which like, fair enough, I feel like that's me all the time, <laughs> not even just around my period. Um, they might notice a real dip in strength in the gym and they might really, really struggle to do their normal training. Um, like there's two ends of the, the of the system, two ends of the spectrum, right? Um, and also something that I always think is really important to mention is that the placebo effect might play a role. Um, there's a really interesting book actually called The Expectation Effect by, I can't remember who it's by, um, but that's a really, really interesting book, which kind of goes into this, this thing. And again, like if you expect something to happen, again, it might be more likely to happen. If you go into your training sessions, for example, in the days leading up to your period or when you're on your period, if you go into those training sessions telling yourself, this is going to feel harder than normal, I'm going to be weaker, chances are you will be. Whereas actually, if you can go into that with like an open mind and with a very neutral, like, well, I'm gonna do my usual stuff. And if I then feel weaker, if I then, you know, feel like I can't, then cool, I'll give myself permission to stop or I'll be okay with not doing that or pulling back a little bit. But, you know, those expectations and that kind of placebo effect can definitely play a role in this. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. And again, things like increased hunger, if you tell yourself going into the day, like, oh, my period's starting to, or my period's due today, I'm going to have really bad cravings or I'm going to be really hungry or whatever, chances are that you probably will be. So again, that's just something to keep in mind and something that's really, really important to, um, yeah, not dis like um, disregard, I guess, and always, always keep that in mind. Um, and that's also why sometimes it can be helpful to kind of track your PMS symptoms in hindsight sometimes. And whilst, yes, it's important to track them, don't get too hung up on it. And again, learn your trends. And perhaps rather than thinking about them ahead of time, maybe think about like, oh, what symptoms did I have yesterday? as opposed to on the day, because again, sometimes we can then let that take us down the path of having these really bad symptoms when perhaps actually they're not quite so bad. Um, and <clears throat> again, what can we do about this in reality? Like how can we actually put this into practice across your cycle when it comes to your nutrition, when it comes to your activity and your training? How can we use this to, like I said, help you thrive on every week of your cycle, not just one or two? Um, now, there are some changes you may, may, big again in capitals, you may decide to make across your cycle. And again, once again, this is not the same for everyone. It's important to, again, remember that not everyone is the same. Not everyone will experience the same symptoms. And you should not do these things just because I said you might want to do them. Again, it's about listening to your body and listening to how you respond and figuring out your trends from month to month. And again, like you might feel very different from one month to the next. So listening to your body in the moment and actually being honest with yourself on how you're feeling. So again, when it comes to your nutrition, you may decide to, again, if you notice that you're always starving. And so every month, if you try not to give into those cravings, it like it leads to you then super duper overeating and binging like three bags of chocolate because you try and ignore the cravings. It might be wise to increase your calories maybe by one to 200 a day, which probably look like an extra snack. 
absolutely fine if that extra snack comes from chocolate by the way um, or even to maintenance calories again this is maybe a little bit more if you are dieting right now if you are maybe on a weight loss journey um, if you're not again you might even just increase calories by one to two hundred a day from your maintenance or from wherever you are um, again if like you're not tracking and things like that if you're not on a weight loss journey, um, just honoring your hunger and your preferences. So again, like I said, there was a study done that found, um, as I mentioned on one of the other slides, uh, the average in like average um, increase in food was around about 160 or so calories without purposely doing that without any other changes. So again, you might find that just naturally you eat a little bit more around that time of the month. So honoring your hunger and your cravings and making sure that you're not sort of trying to deprive yourself of things that your body is like screaming out for. Or of course, you might decide to change nothing. I have some clients who don't necessarily notice an increase in hunger or cravings or anything right before their period. And so actually we don't necessarily need to increase calories. We don't need to bring them up to maintenance and they're quite happy just staying as is. I have other clients who get such intense hunger and cravings for their period that we do increase their calories during that week. And it's very, very much done on an individual's basis. Uh, and then when it comes to activity and training, again, there's a few options, like first one being you can just continue as normal. And a lot of people do just continue as normal. But again, when I say continue as normal, you listen to your body as you go into each session and you work at the intensity that feels right for you. Again, like for me personally, I have sometimes hit like uh, lifted lifetime personal bests and lifetime PBs the day before my period starts which again if we look at our hormones and everything and where in theory they quote-unquote should be and these uh, things that they potentially should do or could do in theory I should be at my weakest the day before my period starts or a lot weaker than two weeks prior but sometimes I'm not I often hit PBs in that week before my period or in a few days before my period or again like if I don't have really bad cramps for example on the day that my period starts again like I know a lot of people get really severe cramping and stuff like that throughout their period or especially on like the first one or two days and they're so exhausted that the thought of doing any kind of exercise is just really really challenging um so again like if you're one of those people you're probably going to respond very differently to someone who doesn't really get cramping and doesn't really feel that way. Um, or someone like myself, for example, who generally I don't feel like I need to change my training around my menstrual cycle, but other people might. Um, again, you might decide to reduce your volume. So let's say you normally do three sessions in the gym every week. You might decide to drop that down to just one or two um, or potentially even take a week out of training during PMS if it's really severe or if it's really bad um, or if you find that your body doesn't recover very well during that time. Um, or perhaps you decide, actually, I'm just going to change up the types of uh, training I do so rather than doing heavy strength training you're maybe gonna pull that back and just do a couple of weighted exercises that aren't quite so intense that like you're not pushing for pbs you're just pulling back on the intensity uh, maybe doing a little bit less and then going out for things like walks and maybe doing some yoga or mobility work and stuff like that because again often moving your body in some way can actually help you to feel better it's going to get those endorphins flowing um, it can sometimes help with cramps and things like that as well and bloating um, so again things to consider um, there is also a study that suggests increasing volume actually in like the first two weeks of your cycle and this study was done 
there are a few different kind of uh, groups in here, but there was actually one group in particular that saw a greater increase in muscle mass and strength kind of over, a, I think it was like a four month period. Um, and they actually trained, and this was based on uh, muscle mass and like lean mass in their lower body, so in their legs. And they, in the first two weeks of their cycle, so in the first 14 days, they trained five days a week. So they train their legs five days a week, which again, is quite a lot, right? Versus in the last two weeks of their cycle, or week, you know, three and four, they only trained once a week on their legs. And actually they still saw significant increases in lean, lean uh, body mass. So again, like muscle mass and things like that. And um, they still saw significant increases over the course of four months or 16 weeks or whatever. So again, that's not to say that you have to keep things the same every week. I think often trying to change it from week one and two to week three and four might just overcomplicate things for a lot of people. Um, and also depending on your schedule, you might not be able to do five sessions one week and then one the next. So, you know, it's not a bad thing to just do the same thing every week. And again, I do usually recommend doing the same thing every week for most people because it's easier to keep consistent. It's easier to keep routine. Um, but again, you personally, if you notice a big, big difference in that week of PMS and in the week of your period, again, it's about assessing how you feel and basing it off of that. Right. And there's kind of there's no real right or wrong here. Um, and that's the important thing. And something as well that is really, really big on social media at the moment is this whole kind of cycle syncing. There's not currently the evidence to back up cycle syncing as like a general recommendation. So, again, as I've been saying all along, it should be down to the individual. It should be down to your personal uh, trends that you notice, your your personal um like symptoms and your personal uh, situation and experience and things like that, no one can really tell you specifically what works best for your body. And so if you find that taking one week out of training in week four, for example, around this, like around your kind of PMS side, like the end of your luteal phase, if you find that taking that week off the gym and just doing some nice gentle walks or some yoga, if you find that that works well for you, great. If actually you find that you can still push hard in the gym and you can still strength train absolutely fine at the end of your cycle, just as well as you can right before ovulation, for example, when generally speaking, we may be at our strongest. Great. Like there's no right or wrong way to do this. And again, I think the placebo effect can definitely play a role in your training and in how heavy you're lifting and bits like that as well. So it is very much, again, you're probably thinking, Phoebe, I was thinking you were going to give me like an exact blueprint of how to manage my cycle and like what I should do from one day to the next. But I haven't, right? And I've, it's very much down to you to figure out what your body needs and how your body responds best. So again, you might do more in that, for in those first two weeks of your cycle, you might do, I don't know, 1.5 times the number of steps that you do in the last two weeks. You might focus on dieting a little bit harder in those first two weeks and then sitting at maintenance for 10 days to two weeks towards the end of your cycle. Because again, over the average course of a month that like you're still going to see weight loss if you are on a weight loss journey. Or you might again decide that you're going to hit the gym four or five days a week on those first two weeks of your cycle. And then the second two weeks, actually you're gonna pull back and just do two or three sessions a week. Again, there is evidence to show that you will still see 
a significant amount of muscle mass if you do it that way and you'll still see progress uh you know the same if not potentially even more than doing like a consistent two or three sessions a week every single week across the month because again the volume like averages out right over the course of a month or whatever so um again like potentially as well you're at a slightly higher risk of injury as well in the kind of week leading up to your period so in the later luteal phase so again that's something to consider for example I often get back pain uh towards the end of my cycle so I might avoid things like heavy deadlifts or Romanian deadlifts or anything that uses my back quite a lot I might avoid that uh, or doing heavy or doing a lot of volume there I might swap that out for something else um again just all things to keep in mind and all things to consider now I'm going to wrap this up because I'm not very good at keeping things short and sweet. So I do apologize. Um, thank you very much as well. If you've made it to the end of this, cause I'm sure a lot of people won't have, but if you've made it to the end of this, really, really happy, like drop me a message on Instagram or drop me an email or something. Let me know what has been your biggest takeaway from this. And again, share it with anyone else who you think might benefit from this and yeah let me know your thoughts if you have any questions you are always welcome to drop me a message on instagram or again just pop me an email uh, reply back to this uh, but otherwise let me know what sort of changes you might make what has been your biggest takeaway from this except for the fact that i've just said you might do this you could do that there's no you must there is no shoulds and again be wary of anyone on Instagram who is spreading misinformation and telling you that you have to sync your training to your cycle or you have to change the types of foods that you eat from one week to the next. There are no musts, there are no have tos, there are no even shoulds. It's about what feels right for you and what feels best for you and ignore all of the BS that suggests otherwise, okay? Um, anyway, I'm going to love you and leave you. I hope you found this helpful. Have a fabulous day. I hope this is going to help you thrive over the next month and make those changes that are just going to make you feel better. And yeah, have a wonderful week. <laughs>